0: The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. We are so happy to have you again with us, ladies and gentlemen. This is really catching on throughout Puget Sound, where we broadcast from 1150 KKNW in Seattle And just about any place you can find a podcast, including iTunes, Podcast One, and of course, AmericanRoadMagazine.com. The downloads are coming, the numbers are impressive, and we are very grateful that we're getting the word out about the glories of the open road, available to travelers today. I wanted to talk for just a moment, if you don't mind getting on Mike Eric. Eric Ryder has been a good buddy of mine, and he is a thoroughgoing radio pro who knows how to make magic happen by pulling the proverbial rabbit out of his hat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm glad
0: you're with us, Eric. Yes, sometimes that's a road tripping rabbit, that's for sure.
1: That's right. I was road tripping just last week. Where'd you go? I went down to the Long Beach area, Long Beach, Washington, sure. and uh, Ilwaco and uh, Ocean Park. And it's a beautiful area if you haven't been down there. Uh, It's the longest contiguous beach in the world is what they say. And we had perfect weather for it. So I was down there for about four days and uh, just kind of laid on the beach (laughs) as much as I could while I was down there and had a great time.
0: I know your schedule. You're a hardworking man and you deserve some me time, some downtime as it were. Well, that's great, Eric. There, I have something I want to announce for American Radio for the sake of all those who love this magazine and who have the camera bug syndrome there. Uh, I have an amateur version of it myself. And while I'm doing that, I think that it would be great if we found something in the vault, particularly our good friends from Joliet, Illinois. We had a show on a few weeks ago that was remarkable and very popular. We'd like to replay that today. But in the meantime, I have fresh information. So, Eric, while you're looking for that and uploading it, we'll make that trip to to Joliet in the good way right after I say this. American Roads 2019 Picture Perfect Photography Contest celebrates art in every form. Art inspires and influences people in many ways. Submit a photograph of your favorite subject that inspires you to travel and celebrate life. Whether it's a photo of a beautiful sunset, a quirky roadside attraction, or a neon sign, let your imagination soar. Send us your picture perfect photo. You could win $500 and have your photograph published in an upcoming issue of American Road Magazine. Visit AmericanRoadMagazine.com for details and entry instructions. That sounds like a great contest. I'm not qualified to win. I'm sure I wouldn't take first prize, second, or even third. But if you're a photographer and someone who is a bit of a warrior of the open road. We'd love to have your lovely images entered in this contest. And this is just really hot off the presses. I only found out about it this morning. Eric, do we have that particular show? We do. Okay. Why don't we go ahead and do that? We we talked to a gentleman about the... Uh, In the land of Lincoln, there is Joliet and the surrounding territory, not far away from Route 66. In fact, in some parts, I think it goes along along one of the main towns in this area. And this Heritage Corridor, as it's called, is an extraordinary place to visit. A lot more to see in Illinois than just Chicago, that's for sure. So let's revisit this program, and then we'll catch you at the end. Walk behind the forbidden walls of the old Joliet prison, home to some of the most infamous convicts in America,
1: made famous in movies and television, and now you can experience it. See the buildings and cells during a historical tour as guides highlight the prison's long history. For the more brave at heart, try the haunted history tour. Stroll the grounds at dusk while hearing the more grim stories of the prison's past. More tours are available. Visit JolietPrison.org for more information and tickets. Plan your visit today.
0: Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. So glad to have you with us, and very happy today to be talking to Greg Pierbolt. This gentleman is very, very busy making a part of Illinois known that is well removed from Chicagoland, but offers enchantment, excitement, and lots and lots of history when you make your trip to the land of Lincoln. Greg Pierbolt is executive director of the Joliet Area Historical Museum. He was born in Chicago and raised in rural Kankakee. He received his B.A. in history from Illinois State University in 2006 with concentrations in philosophy and communications. Greg holds two professional certificates from the Northwestern University SCS in philanthropy and museum studies and a professional certificate in artifact collection care from the University of Chicago Graham School. He began his museum career as Curator of Collections at the Kankakee County Museum from 2006 through 2008 and as the Executive Director of the Mount Prospect Historical Society from 2008 to 2013, where he served on the board of the Mount Prospect Downtown Merchants Association. Greg currently serves on the board of directors of the Heritage Corridor Convention and Visitors Bureau and Cornerstone Services, Inc. Additionally, he serves as an ex-officio Historic Preservation Commissioner for the historic city of Joliet. And so we welcome to Trip Talk, Mr. Greg Pierbold. Greg, we're so happy to have you on the show today.
1: I'm very happy to be here, Gary. Thanks for having me.
0: I could have worked through your curriculum vitae for the entire show, so I thought I would cut it short and get to some questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're You're still very generous with that. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're quite qualified for what you do, that's for sure. And here I am saying to the listeners that we're going to send them to prison. We ran that spot. Prior to bringing you on so that we could tease it a little bit and give people some sense of what they can find in an area well removed from Chicagoland per se, but still part of that, that landscape that offers so much history, including surprising history in a very agricultural state.
1: Yeah, um, I think, you know, probably many people in Joliet would appreciate the, you know, removal from Chicago land peace. Um, You know, Joliet certainly is very much um, its own city. It's an old city. It's, you know, as old as Chicago. Um, and, you know, I know we were kind of having a discussion um, ahead of the interview, and I was mentioning, you know, the area of the Heritage Corridor um, where, you know, the Des Plaines River um, and the I&M Canal kind of travel and meet at the Illinois River. Um, it's, you know, some of the oldest territory that was explored in Illinois, Peoria is actually the oldest city in Illinois along the Illinois river. So, um, you just have this really interesting, you know, old by American standards, if you will, but you know, it's an interesting old area. Um, and it's, again, you, you nailed it. It's very removed from Chicagoland, but geographically, um, very close to Chicagoland.
0: And when we talk about Joliet, Greg, I'm curious to know, how, looking back at the history, how did it become so frighteningly associated with prison and prison life and notorious criminals? Were were the people involved in the Justice Department trying to get these crooks well removed from society? What was the thinking?
1: Well, at the time, um, the prison was established in Joliet um, in 1858. Um, it was actually not the first penitentiary in Illinois, even though it kind of has that reputation um, as such a long-standing institution. So um, the first prison was in Alton on the Mississippi River. Um, there were – it's also an interesting note. I won't go into this, but I will say it's very interesting to note that um, the prison in Alton was a privately leased and operated prison Um and noted reformer dorothea dix visited alton and personally after she found horrid conditions by 1840 standards um she appealed to the illinois legislator uh legislators um to build a new prison um the governor at the time and also operate that prison was joel madison who um you know conveniently enough was from joliet and hey i have a location for you and at the time in 1858 um uh, was a great honor. I mean, we found just glowing article after article um, in newspapers around the country about it being, you know, one of the most modern facilities. Um, the people of Juliet were very proud to have it there. Um, it was, it was a bad. You know, developed into this internationally famous site, and um, but you know, over time, as you stated, there was kind of a contention. Uh, there is this one-word association. Joliet in prison, and it kind of is those household prison names, if you will, Um, you know, Sing Sing, Alcatraz, um, Joliet. There's actually, to give you an idea of, this is a really funny thing, but um, there's a Three Stooges episode, and I used this in a presentation when we were kind of like, you know, getting stakeholders involved with the prison, Um, a Three Stooges episode of all things where the premise of the episode is these guys, you know, rescue the warden's daughters who get kidnapped in prison. Um, And the gangsters that overtook the prison have this, you know, party. uh, There's gambling, and and they have, you know, college pennants on the wall, um, you know, to tout their various, you know, higher learning, if you will, places. And um, right there on the wall, it is 1942, you know, Sing Sing, Alcatraz, Leavenworth, Joliet. So, um, but again, that, you know, later developed into something that, you know, I think people didn't want the reputation of being the quote-unquote prison city. Um, And certainly after 150 years, you know, that that relationship, that being known for that, um, it it was a point of contention for people. So um, with the project, we just decided, you know, it was time to take this back, if you will, that, you know, for years the prison has defined us, um, and let's talk about, you know, our role in defining the prison.
0: Three Stooges aside, and that's interesting. I, had, I don't think I ever saw that one. That would be worth looking up. Maybe it's on YouTube. It's I don't three know. Three
1: Smart saps, yes. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. I did want to ask you, though, I mean, when you're talking about the state where Chicago is and the Roaring Twenties and the bootleggers and the gangsters, did Al Capone himself spend any time there?
1: Al Capone did spend time in Joliet, however, he did not spend time um, at the Joliet prison. Um, There's a really, and certainly, you know, among our visitors, among Route 66ers, uh, just kind of Joliet itself kind of has this known, you know, link to Prohibition and um, the Prohibition era and the gangsters certainly excite the visitors. Um, But Joliet has this great little known Al Capone story. And if you spend any time in Chicago, like, so I say that you know every town in Illinois has a Lincoln slept here and an Al Capone drank here story. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And when you kind of well, okay, Al Capone drank at this Well, who told you that? Oh, you know, my great uncle knew a bartender who saw him here. Uh, <laughs> so it really check out. But everyone, you know, it's 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 a, it's a great selling point. Oh, drink where Al Capone drank. Hey, where Al Capone ate. Um, so. At our Union Station building, which is still there, um, Al Capone was out visiting Hollywood, and that's kind of interesting because you know his his uh, um, successors, uh, Frank Needy, um, would go on to you know try to shake down the Hollywood movie studios, uh, and actually spend time in federal prison for it. Um, so, and, and he was quoted in the newspaper saying, you know, now there's a grand racket when he was visiting the Hollywood movie studios mm-hmm. uh, and kind of being whined and dined out there. The authorities in Chicago at that this is December 27th, you know, they kind of, that was when Al Capone was really at his, at his prime. The authorities in Chicago were looking to uh, talk to him when he got back, and word got back to him of that. So um, the last stop on the Southwest Chief was Joliet. So he decided to have his brother Ralph come pick him up um, at the station and just, you know, drive back to Chicago from Joliet. However, you know, a massive armored limousine and, and a bunch of big guys with guns sticking out of their coat, you know, was alarm, the citizenry, naturally. So um, the legend is that it was the entire police force of Joliet at the time apprehended him and that this was the only time he was ever taken at gunpoint. Um, but we do know from the newspaper accounts that he was arrested for gun toting, taken to the city jail. Um, it was documented that he paid the bail of his cellmates because he wanted to have the cell to himself. Um, when he came back um, for the trial and everything, you know, they ended up finding him a few hundred dollars, and you know, he takes this huge wad of, I think at that time it was thousand dollar bills, and um, you know, pays his fine. And and it's right before Christmas, and he says, you know, to the clerk that you know, give the change to the Salvation Army stand out there and tell them Al Capone sent it. Um, so so we, we do have a really cool connection to Capone. And the United is still there. And there's a brew pub there, a great place called Migraine, and you can't have a beer where Al Capone got arrested.
0: That would be something else. And it turns out, <laughs> who knew, Al Capone had great PR sensibilities.
1: He did. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, the, the media loved him, and he, um, you know, loved the media back. And yes, there's a the, the quote that you know I'll never tote a gun again dot 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 in Joliet um <laughs> when he had supposedly he told the judge so um yeah we have great very colorful stuff that you know is just the red meat of prohibition so we were absolutely we're happy Capone paid us a visit.
0: And when people pay a visit to Joliet and they go on this tour, I'd like for our listeners to get some sense of that, Greg. When they take the tour, and it's actually more than one tour that's available, take us through that a little bit with some idea of what people who make that drive and choose that as a specific destination are going to see on the tour.
1: Um, Yeah, well, part of the prison story is a period um, of around 15 years of abandonment. Um, So it speaks to the visitor experience, it speaks to how we present it, um, kind of speaks to another layer of what makes the site interesting. Um, Because again, the site closed in 2002 officially, and this was, you know, it wasn't one thing that happened that led to this. This was kind of always something someone was going to do tomorrow, right? So um, there was vandalism, there were four acts of arson, um, there have been some building issues, just You know, someone just remarking earlier this week about, you know, it's amazing how fast a building goes when it's unoccupied and it's not heated and cooled, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, telling you all that because it speaks to how we do our tours. So the tours are mainly um, an outdoor experience at this point. Um, And the prison itself is massive. I think that that's one that always gets people. They don't realize how big it is, even though it was built in 1858. Um, there are 16 acres inside the walls. There's about two dozen different buildings. Um, so our our general history tour is a, a path tour that um, is kind of our, you know, we do that's the, the, the general tour, I think, is actually what we call them. So um, those start at uh, $15 for members and Joliet residents and $20 for um, general public and You know, you you enter through the East Gates, um, the East Sally Port, which was made famous um, in the movie The Blues Brothers. And certainly, you know, film is a huge part of the prison's legacy as well. Um, And, you know, through those uh, Sally Port Gates, as they're called, um, you know, you will observe several of the burn buildings. Um, I think a very cool thing that um, we decided to do was approach a group of artists. Um, and kind of dealing with how are we going to make sense out of these burnt buildings. Um, and we approached them, told them, you know, can you help us make some art out of this, make make, make sense out of this by making some art out of this. And um, so we kind of gave them free reign to take things out of those burnt buildings, and they have come back with just some incredible pieces, which are actually currently on display at the museum, um, and we hope we'll be traveling in the very near future, Um, as a show, so that'll be kind of the first thing you see when you go in. Um, From there, you walk to the center of the prison um, over a series of tunnels. There's a guard tower in the center of the prison um, that reflects kind of a major remodel that took place um, in the 40s, uh, late 40s and 50s from 48 to 51, where the whole site was retrofitted and um, really saved from closure. Um, by Joe Reagan. Um, And you mentioned Prohibition earlier. Stateville, which is kind of the sister facility, if you will, um, Joliet and Stateville have kind of gotten used interchangeably, but they're two separate sites. Um, Stateville is a still active maximum prison, and it was built in the 20s, um, designed to close Joliet, but the uptick of crime related to Prohibition um, led to the old Joliet prison um, continuing to operate. So, You'll see certainly kind of some, you know, in addition to this, and that's kind of an interesting feature of the site as a whole, um, is this mishmash of architecture. Um, When would the prison have closed for a day for a construction project? You couldn't do it. You had to do it in real time, right? So um, along this path tour, you know, you will see mid century warehouses next to a 1990s um, dining hall, next to a 1962 chapel, you know, next to an 18. seventies stone warehouse um all enclosed in these massive um twenty five foot high limestone walls. So um we do drop people by the chapel. Um we are able to, you know, we kind of call them glimpses until we can just totally assess and finish um stabilizing the buildings. Um there's situations where we're kind of letting people peek into buildings, but um so it is kind of limited mainly an outdoor experience. But um, Again, you're walking for probably a mile and a quarter, only seeing a portion of the site. Um, and again, you're, you're enclosed in a 16-acre stone wall, um, and you really can just feel the history all around you. So um, obviously, we, you know, we give uh, people pay to go into a prison. You show them jail cells, right? That's only polite. So um, we give people a glimpse into the East cell house, um, which contains um, 80 cells. Um, there's about 640 cells, um, not including the um, segregation cells um, on site. And um, the tour visits the hospital building, uh, which is an 1890 structure. Obviously, you know, very creepy. The, the hospital the pr- is already, you know, kind of creepy places themselves. Old ones are. So um, imagine a, a hos- an old hospital and an old prison. Um, how much creepier could we make it? Um, and then, you know, to <laughs> kind of challenge that, we end the tour um, and actually the original prison building, which was built in 1858 and is still there um, and was converted into um, what are called dimension segregation cells, north segregation. so solitary confinement, um, which was also home to death row in Illinois um, from 1928 to 1949. so certainly some you know some of those prohibition years, there was an electric chair on site, um, which moved to Stateville, is still there. Um, we found, I believe 13 executions. Um, that occurred at the site, which was interesting because we actually did not originally um, believe there were any executions on site at the old prison. Um, the ones we knew about um, before 1927 took place um, by a hanging at the Will County Sheriff's Office. They would take people off site to do those. Um, but for a period of about 20 years, there were, you know, that we found um, 13 electrocutions um, carried out of the prison. So... Um, you know, we end the tour um kind of in in that region at the North Sec building. Um, and then there's actually um I mentioned Warden Joe Reagan in the nineteen forties retrofit. Um, they rebuilt one of the original cells as a museum piece, so certainly even in the nineteen forties there was a sense of the site's history. Um, you know, hundred years was certainly a long time for anything to be around in America in the nineteen forties. So um we do have one of the original cells that was uh preserved as a museum piece. And um, from there, we we take folks back out and you get to walk out just like uh, Joliet Jake did. And um, you know from there, that uh, that completes the tour.
0: That would be a unique experience. And then there would be another one if you decided to take the haunted tour. A lot that you've discussed, Greg, I assume factors into the haunted tour.
1: Yeah, the Haunted Tour, um, you know, we kind of worked with a a paranormal outfit last year to do a limited run um, of paranormal-type tours, and I think we're still working through those. Um, But really what we kind of concluded is that, you know, this is a site that needs no exaggeration. Um, You don't need to kind of make things up and say a ghost told you. So what we decided we were going to do was tell the true stories of people um, some of the, you know, little scarier experiences at prison, if you will, um, and, you know, just kind of present those stories. And, you know, we leave the visitor with deciding, you know, well, you know, is this place haunted? You decide. Um, that's up to you. Here is the evidence for that. Here are the stories behind that. Um, so it's kind of backed up by, you know, by research, by documentation. And, again, like, it's just it's not a site that needs any exaggeration to be scary.
0: (laughs) You know, I, I appreciate the authenticity of that, Greg. And with a curator like yourself and your colleague, you're going to create a genuine experience. And the mood itself, I'm sure Creepy is not in short supply there, that's for sure. Well, I'm so glad that we talked about that. I did want to move on to another attraction because I want to give it its due, and I hope people will take the Heritage Corridor in Illinois, the land of Lincoln. So much to see there before you ever get going south to north, before you ever get to the Windy City. Tell me a bit about Starved Rock. I had never heard the term before, I must admit.
1: Yeah, um Starved Rock Country is a um a, it definitely is a, kind of a household vacation name um, among Chicagoans, people in the Chicago area. Um you know again we we discussed briefly the the Illinois River um and kind of how, you know, that was one of the first areas that was explored, uh, how people and goods obviously moved around Illinois in the early days. Um so The legend of Starved Rock um, is uh, there were two warring Native tribes. There hasn't any actual evidence, I believe, that that any of this happened, but it was kind of a you know we print the legend situation. So, um, but supposedly the one tribe had forced another tribe up, you know, um, to the top of this very scenic bluff and starved them out. Hence the name. but really, I mean, you, you're you about an hour outside of Chicago, um, maybe a little more um, in Starved Rock country. And um, you have a very, you know if you take I-80, it's a very beautiful drive. You have um, Morris, Ottawa, um, LaSalle, you know, these beautiful, quaint downtowns. Um, but Starved Rock is just this incredible natural wonder. And it's actually two state parks, um, kind of a series of these just incredible um canyonesque um structures with uh waterfalls um and you know like you know you just can't believe you're in rural flat illinois an hour outside of chicago um so it's just been this this incredible natural wonder that's also a um big time attraction um the starved rock lodge um is on site there um and it just kind of you know meets your expectations of of you know what a what a big, you know, lodge would look like at a state park. And um, I believe, don't don't challenge me on this one too much, but I believe it was built um, as a Civilian Conservation Corps project. And if it was not, it, it certainly dates from that era. Um, so you have this, you know, big cabin lodge structure with a, a huge stone fireplace, um, incredible dining, big hotel, um, and it just, it attracts, Visitors certainly, I think you know probably the base. I, I, you'd have to ask them for their metrics, but I know it attracts you know several million people annually. Um, and there's even sometimes when there's a, uh, a Chicago media figure who posted a video just going out there last summer and cars parked on the side of the road because the lots fill up um, and it's that in demand. Um, so you know you go from you know one of the the biggest and alpha class city. Um, you know, in in the country, and certainly the biggest city in the Midwest, to you know this incredible natural wonder, um, by a Joliet, and you're just you're doing it all again. This is about an hour drive um, from Chicago, so um, it really you know offers the getaway experience, the road trip experience, the polar opposite of you know going to an old prison. Um, you're <laughs> you get totally in the other direction, and and. Um, the Ottawa area is about a, I think, a, not even an hour drive from probably 45 minutes from Joliet or so. So um, you get to do so much, um, a lot in a, a little amount of time and a little amount of geography.
0: Yes, yes. I think that's one of the most inviting prospects about seeing that whole territory. It's only about an hour outside of Chicago. That would be an inducement to any traveler.
1: Yeah, um, whether it's an add-on to a visit to Chicago, or you know, there is certainly enough, um, you know, both enough experiences and enough people in Chicago for a day trip, or, um, you know, a three, four overnight stay. Um, you know, there's there's plenty to do, and I probably, I mean, you're if you're talking in the totality, you know, the Heritage Corridor from the Chicago Portage you know, all the way out to Bureau County, um, you know, you could plan a whole week out there. You know, you could plan a full on vacation as well. So, um, you know, certainly we're interested in catering to, you know, whether it's a it's a road trip and a bed and breakfast or it's a multi-day stay with kids. Um, you know, it's, it's just a great place to do it. Um, great proximity to Chicago. And, and, you know, we view Chicago as an asset. It's not something we compete against, something that is, is a wonderful asset. It's a tremendous city. We all love Chicago, and um, you know we're really happy to be part of the Chicago experience.
0: I think that's a great way of framing any visit there. Uh, the Heritage Corridor, I encourage everyone to go. I can't wait to see it myself. I'm going to be in Chicago in the next few months, and now I know an extra place as an add-on where I definitely will plan to visit. That's for sure. And we know that Route 66 Begins in Chicago, downtown Chicago, with those canyon walls, very windy, and that's where it all began. So, if they're going to the Heritage Corridor, they're also going to see quite a chunk of Route 66 history.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, Joliet certainly has a legacy of being a transportation center, a crossroads. Uh, actually, the city's motto is the crossroads of Mid America. Um, and so, you know, naturally we have intersections of things. So, um, it is actually, you know, where route 66 and the Lincoln highway, another, you know, not as internationally famous roadway, but a very famous roadway, um, intersect in downtown Joliet, about a half a block from my office. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, Beautiful. you have, you know, again, the displays what's now known as the Illinois waterway, the displays formerly the Illinois and Michigan canal. Um, so, I mean, there's, you know, there's, we have drawbridges that make you late for things. My wife was late for our wedding because of a drawbridge. Um, <laughs> and it, so that's kind of the cultural experience and just this grittiness. And I mentioned kind of the industrial heritage, um, you that's know, when wonderful. you go down the river and you see all these places and things that, you know, really built Chicago. Um, and, Beautiful.
0: Greg, we've um, run out yeah, of time. So We're going to have to do I, another I, interview. I
1: know. I forgot the question. Yeah. I'm <laughs> that's okay. i talking to you.
0: <laughs> Greg Pierbold of the Board of Directors of the Heritage Corridor Convention and Visitors Bureau and Cornerstone Services, Inc. Thank you for being with us today. Hey, everybody. American Roads 2019 Picture Perfect Photography Contest is on. It celebrates art in every form. Art inspires and influences people in many ways. Submit a photograph of your favorite subject that inspires you to travel and celebrate life. Whether it's a photo of a beautiful sunset, a quirky roadside attraction, or a neon sign, let your imagination soar. Send us your picture-perfect photo. You could win $500 and have your photograph published in an upcoming issue of American Road Magazine. Visit AmericanRoadMagazine.com for details and entry instructions. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next week, drive safely and dream well.